Hey there, and welcome to episode number 150 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself and Chris had the chance to talk with Andrew Holt from The Belonging Co. It was a really fantastic conversation. There's a ton of encouragement that's both timely for what's going on right now, and I think going to be huge for your worship ministry as uh, you bring yourself back after the times that we're in. I wanted to give you a quick heads up too. If you're not in the uh, Church Collective community over on Facebook, look it up, the Church Collective community. Get in there. It's really fun. We are massively helping each other out in this time, and we would love to be able to see you over there. So look up the Church Collective community on Facebook, and we'll see you over there. Let's jump right in with episode 150 of the Church collective podcast yeah why don't we start andrew why don't you just maybe give us a little little bit about what you guys are doing i know you guys have a a track coming out here soon just maybe talk about what's going on with the belonging and we'll we'll jump in and i'm sure we'll probably land on some of the stuff we'll put this episode out uh here in a couple days so i'm sure we'll probably touch on just kind of the reality of what church is like right now too will probably be really valuable for people but yeah all that said why don't you tell us what what's what are things do like what's going on with you now yeah so we're um Obviously, with the lockdown going on, we're um, navigating that in all kinds of ways right now. But um, yeah, so we, as a church, we're getting close to moving into our, our new building, which is exciting. Um, we're hoping to do that in the next few months. So that in itself is like changing a lot of the dynamic, and we don't even know what it's going to look like when that happens. But it's a really exciting thing for us because we've been loading in and loading out as a church for the past, or since the church began, um, which was a little over five years ago. Um, I don't know, six years ago, sorry, over six years ago. Um, And so I've been on staff at The Belonging since 2016 as the worship pastor. Um, It's changed a lot since then, grown a lot. When I came on staff, it was me, Henry Alex, who are our pastors, Henry and Alex Seeley, and one other person who was like there helping them with admin stuff. Um, and now we have a staff of over 30 people, I think is what it's at now. So it's changed a lot. Our church has grown a lot. Um, but what I love about our church, which I know you guys probably know a little bit about it, but the heart of our church has just never changed, even though when it's grown and it looks different, production has changed. Um, even the venues we meet in has changed. Um, the amount of services we've gone from one Tuesday night service to now four services, three on Sunday and one on Tuesday nights. Um, all that has changed, but the heart of our church has not changed. It's just that we love to have an encounter with God's presence um, and do that with a community of people here in Nashville and see God literally come and change people's lives and um, and make a difference in outside of the world, outside of the four walls of the church. Because um, so many people in our community, on our worship team, um, have ministries and have um, things, so many things going on outside of what we're doing as a church here in the local Nashville area. And so it's been a real beautiful season um, for me even of learning what that looks like of how to empower people to take what God's doing in our house and um, take it in whatever they're doing in their day-to-day lives. And um, so, yeah, we're just people that love God's presence. We love Jesus. Um, we love worshiping him. We love the word of God. And um, we're just learning as we go because it's it's been a journey of growing really fast and um but really beautiful and as far as like music right now we are releasing a new song this friday called holy song of the ages parentheses song of the ages (laughs) um and it's kind of the first uh new song since we released our last record on wonder um last year um and really it's just a song of praise, worship, um, very vertical song. Um, at the end of last year, we had like a time, like a night where all of our worship leaders were together with Henry and Alex. And Alex was just challenging us as a team um, to go deeper into God's word and to have a renewed sense of love for God's word. And not just in our own personal times, but in our writing and our leading and everything that we were doing as a church and as individuals and as we walked away from that meeting, we were all challenged. Like I was challenged by it. The whole team was challenged by it of just how do I fall in love with God's word again? How do I get fresh vision to how to integrate that into what we're doing as a team, as a staff, um, as worship leaders in our church. And early um, this year, we had a, a little in-town writing retreat. Um, and we wrote, actually, no, it was in December. So end of last year, we had a little in-town writing retreat. And me, myself, Henry, and someone named Daniela Mason. Um, we're in a writing group. 
and we uh, started the song and it really was birthed from that moment with Alex a few weeks before where she challenged us with the word of God and she had been reading all of Genesis and was just really like impacted by the idea of like, all creation is singing God's praise. All of heaven is singing God's praise. And this is like every time we join in worship, we're joining in with that song that's been going on for eternity and will keep going on for eternity. And so she started talking about that, just what God had been teaching her. And a few weeks, a couple of weeks before, I had just spontaneously sang this section um, in church. And as she was saying it, like what the thing that I sang would just said, I won't stop singing. I won't stop singing. These lungs were made to sing your praise. And as she was like sharing the vision that she had for this song idea, I just instantly came to my mind of like, well, this would be amazing for this. Um, so she kind of really like the verses of the song were her vision from like what God had shown her through that moment with Alex. The bridge was inspired by the spontaneous moment in church and Henry like kind of brought the chorus to the table. So it was really this cool, like um, collaborative moment of the three of us. And, um, and that, the crazy thing is like, you know, you write a song and you leave and you're like, I don't know if it's cool. It's good. It feels, it feels good, but I don't know yet, you know? And a couple weeks later, we just tagged the pre-chorus bridge in church. And it was like instantly the whole congregation just started singing it like they'd known it forever. And I don't know if I really have ever had that kind of experience before the song that I've written where it was like, wait, how do these people, did they get the demo? <laughs> like, how do they know this song? Um, but it was this really powerful moment. And it was like, as soon as we walked off after leading that night, it was me and Danielle actually leading together we looked at each other and Henry was there and we were like, whoa, that was crazy. I think there's something on this. And um, we've been leading it in church quite a bit ever since. And it's just been really, really special. So excited for everyone else to have it, um, to be able to lead in their house houses and sing over their lives. And, and just especially in this time of like, just looking up, you know, I think this is a song that literally like takes our perspective off of ourselves and make us realize that there's something greater going on. There's something, much much bigger going on around us and um we get the honor to join in with the song that's been going on forever it's just holy 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 is the lord you know so really excited that's a little bit of where we're at but yeah with with so many musicians and artists that you're connected to how do you how do you even go about deciding who's going to be on a song on an album yeah i mean a lot of uh, mostly for us is all about just moments that happen in church um so we um we're recording every single service we do um every conference we do every worship night we do it's all going straight into pro tools and being recorded so um if amazing moment happens in church um we have it you know and it's god's usually pretty good at highlighting like you know what's someone's like meant to carry this song you know and so um but yeah, it's kind of very fluid for us. Um, we try to like not get ahead of ourselves in the sense of planning out things and like structuring things too much. And we were so like, God, you need to, you need to show up and do something amazing tonight and um, or whatever service it is. And so we're trying not to, you know, because it, it is it could be a little weird, I guess, if you're trying to plan all that out. But it's more just like, all right, guys, like this is just church. Um, today is just church, and we'll see what God does. And if that feels like it's meant to be for something more than just this moment, then we'll, we'll tackle that another day. But for, for right now, in this moment, it's just church, even if it's like a massive conference that we're doing for ourselves. Like we do a conference once a year in September. We're always reminding the team that this is no different than any other time together as a church, as a congregation. Like we're just inviting God's presence to come, lifting up the name of Jesus. And um, any of the other stuff that comes out of that is the overflow of it. But this is the priority. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, trying so, to keep it very so you're fluid recording everything you do straight into yeah practice. yeah wow that's that's a that's a cool concept that yeah. you don't you're not having to intentionally like okay we're going to record this song it's just you, you right just keep anything that was awesome <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like with this song we had some amazing moments and there was actually like one sunday where we were trying to make it was like the first time i'd ever led the whole song um like from from every single section we had tagged it a few times and there was like a week after that where like Henry was really trying to make that one work, but it was just like, it was a little messy and I messed a couple things up and it was like, can we just like do, it was like the next week was Super Bowl Sunday. So then we had three services with the same team, the same band 
I was like, it'd actually be awesome just to do the song again and see if one of those moments like comes out as like, this is better. So there's a little bit of strategy with that. But at the end of the day, like if that was going to be the best moment from a week before, I think we would have ran with that, you know? Um, but yeah, just trying to, just trying to keep it fluid. Yeah, is, Hen- is kind Henry of producing it? Like, is he yeah. All- okay. On this one, he did. The last record, he um, kind of executive produced it, co-produced it with Jacob Suter, um, one of the guys in our church. Um, and then Sam Gibson has mixed everything that we've done so far. Because Henry's also a mix engineer, so. Yeah. Uh, he's he's uh He's let that one go, at least. Yeah, he's amazing. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> once, once I get going asking questions. And they're getting up on all the, <laughs> the production, production stuff. Um, one of the things that, that I've heard about The Belonging that I appreciate about a lot of, lot of the lyrics that you guys write is they're very God-focused. Um, mm-hmm. Could you maybe speak a little bit towards like how you guys go about I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but like, how do you guys keep that on your mind versus a lot of me focused stuff in worship versus kind of glorifying God in there or even, I mean, there's room for both, but could you maybe just talk the, yeah. the, ba- the balance on that in your guys' songwriting? Absolutely. I think it's been a journey for us. I think if you like listen to the songs that we've released, it's definitely, you can see a bit of an arc that happens. Um, but I think in the past like year, year and a half, um, Henry and Alex uh, has just been challenging us. Like, let's always remember the main reason why we're singing. It's because he's worthy of our praise. He's he is worthy to be high and lifted up. He's the whole reason why we're doing this. And um, like what you said, there is room for both, obviously. But I think the balance needs to be a little bit, a lot more of him and a, lo- a lot less of us. And I think that's a challenge as a writer, as a creative. Um, I mean, our team is full of very creative very um talented people but as a creative i don't know if you guys feel this way sometimes it is easy to focus on me and my feelings and my emotions and what's happening and right here and while that is obviously important i think it is not not anywhere as important as who god is and what that means for us and there's a higher reality than what we're facing right now and it's that he's on the throne he has always been on the throne he always will be on the throne and um it's not like we're singing this to remind God of who he is. He's actually, we're seeing it to remind us of who he is, to remind our situations of who God is. Yeah. And so I think it's been just a, a growing process for all of us as writers is especially, I mean, for me as a writer, um, instead of always looking at what I'm feeling in this moment, like what is God saying? Like, what is he, what is happening in heaven right now? What is heaven singing right now? And, um, and then the rest of that can kind of fall into place in the priorities of that. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, even as we're leading in church, we're always encouraging the team, like, don't don't get caught up in worrying about, like, what's happening in my heart or my emotions right now. Like, let's let's remember, like, God is here. The King of Kings is here. Like, let's lift up our heads, lift up our eyes. Let's encourage our congregation, whoever's in the room today or watching online, um, that you can look up from your situation. Like, even right now, what we're dealing with, with all this coronavirus stuff, you know, I it's been crazy because we've been doing a lot of services with no one in the room, yeah, which is kind of wild. Um, but it's all, honestly been like an amazing exercise for me as a worship leader to go. I really almost have to try harder to figure out like, how do I bring hope into this situation when there's literally no one in the room and I'm just leading to a camera, <laughs> but there's, you know, right. like last week we had over 11,000 people watching our services online mm. wow. and it's like, so that's a lot of people that are joining in and like listening and they're looking for hope. They're looking for something. Yeah. And there's two avenues where I could take them. I could take them down the thing of like, well, what was me? Here I am, God, help me. Or I can say, despite what we're facing right now, there is a higher reality. There's a higher something going on. Let's lift up our heads, lift up your hope. And yeah. um, even for me, like I'm, I'm facing it just the same as everyone else. And it's like, I've got to lift up my head right now. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is just to remind myself of who God is, seeing about his goodness, seeing about how holy, how worthy he is, um, seeing about all the things that he's done and he's going to do. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I think all that as worship leaders is so, so vital um, just to lift up your own spirit and your own head. And then if you can't do that for yourself, then how are you going to lead people into that as well? And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Man. that's part of it. Uh, from, from the practical side, what are you, what are you guys doing? I, I mean, there's yeah. 
the internet basically broke. Facebook had a hard time with all the streams right. and everything this last week. But like, what are what are you guys doing? Are you pre-recording? Are you doing services live? Like, what, what's talk, talk a little yeah. bit about how you guys are adapting? So, last week when it kind of all started, um, we had a guest in town, this amazing man named David McCracken from Australia. Um, and so the Sunday, I'm trying to think of dates. What was the Sunday that kind of all started? Oh, it it was kind of like, like so long ago now. The 15th? <laughs> the 15th. Yeah, March go. 15th. So he was supposed to be preaching the 15th and the 17th because we have three on Sunday and one on Tuesday night. And we kind of like, you know, got a feeling that this is going to not just be for a couple of days. Yeah. So we ended up recording two separate services with him that Sunday, the 15th. Oh, wow. Um, with two different worship sets. Um, same band and same leaders, but he preached a different message. And so then the first one, we streamed the 15th and 17th, and then we streamed the second service yesterday, and we'll stream it again tomorrow night. And then yesterday we got, um, we went into the venue with no one there and pre-recorded two more services um, with messages and different worship sets, different worship leaders. Yeah. So now we're like, I guess, Two weeks ahead, it gets us to Easter. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, we're kind of taking it. We're kind of taking it day to day right now, and just seeing what sure. happens. And I think our like what I've loved about how we've we've done it and how inner and outs have led it is that we're doing our best to just keep it as church as normal, even though it's online. Not adding a lot of new things that we're trying to like engage people every day, but actually encouraging people. Why don't yeah. you use this time to really connect with God? And um, we literally have just added time now in our lives to be in our houses and yeah. we can either use that as time to binge netflix shows or actually um tune into what god's saying because sure we really believe god's saying something to his people right now and speaking something and just drawing his people closer into his presence yeah and so if anything we've just been encouraging our people in that you know um don't be discouraged don't don't live in fear but actually use this time to um draw near to god and yeah uh, like as a team like as a worship team right now we're trying to set up like zoom all meetings with our team just to stay connected and I'm calling everyone and checking in on everyone every day and making sure that everyone's good but yeah. it's it's a hard time for us because a lot of our team are traveling musicians so right tour tours have been canceled that's and yeah that's our um, shows have been canceled and rights have been canceled so people are really just um taking a day at a time right now but yeah we know God's good he's still on the throne True. and um and we're really believing that the church is flourishing in this right now. So yeah, we're just doing our best to steward that well, you know. Sure. You, you touched on, so basically you guys are planned up until Easter. I'd love to hear, do you right. have some some encouragement for that senior pastor out there who, I mean, right. Easter's the Super Bowl, and the yeah. Super Bowl basically got canceled for us. we got to figure out how to do it online. Yeah. You got any any encouragement for them on how, what, what should they be focusing on? How can they help shepherd their churches in the midst of that? Right. I mean, I think first and foremost, I think it's like none of this is taking God by surprise. And if Easter doesn't look like it normally does, that we've got to be okay with that. And yeah. I think it's just figuring out, you know, like what is my specific church need? You know, like my dad is a Baptist pastor and he works for like the Baptist convention in Tennessee. And a lot of those churches are small. They've never had online giving before. They've never done online church before. They've never had anything online. Most of the people don't even have facebook or instagram you know right and so yeah. it's a whole diff it's literally a whole different scenario so I, I i don't think there's a formula to it but i think it's actually just like getting in like to the secret place with god and asking god what's the strategy for me what's the strategy for my people for yeah. my church and it might be as simple as just like reaching out and loving on people and saying that we're here for you and um i don't know i think god god will give you the strategy if you ask him and i really believe that and for us, it may look different than it does for you. And I think it's just giving yourself grace in that um, and not putting the pressure on yourself of like, well, I'm missing what you said, the Super Bowl of church life. <laughs> right, sure. Because um, in the grand scheme of things, like Christ has risen every single day, you know? And sure. so um, how do we celebrate that now and every day and not just keep it to one day? But it yeah. is a challenge, man. We don't even know what we're doing yet for Easter. But mm. yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to ask... If I remember correctly, for Christmas, you guys did an interesting thing where you kind of went backwards and let it be family time for your employees, right? Yeah. 
we all we always do like a Christmas Eve service. Um, I think for the most part, it's fallen actually on Christmas Eve every year. Um, but that's literally we did two this year, um, and it was kind of a candlelight service. Not we just had a couple of the people in our church, Danny Goki and Melinda Doolittle, do like a Christmas like special service. It wasn't even like a normal worship. Like it was worshipful, but it wasn't like a normal church service. Um, and that was kind of it. And we didn't do anything else for Christmas. Um, and did like, we always get about a week off after that Christmas Eve service, depending on how it all falls, you know, yeah. um, and usually get going again with a big kickoff service in New Year's. But I thought that was really cool. Just yeah. at, at first I was, I was like, whoa, that's an interesting concept, you know, yeah. especially from a church like you guys. I'm, I was kind of, you're looking to see like, oh, what's belonging going to do? What's Hillsong going to do? What's yeah. Elevation going to do? And, and uh, I remember seeing Sean talk about that, like kind of giving a rest to your people. And I was like, man, that is, that's really cool. So what I was going to ask is what, were you going to have a similar kind of format for Easter or was Easter just kind of going to be a regular service or were you going to go big or what were you going to do? Uh, Easter was going to be very normal service. Um, we were kind of in the middle of planning like a special moment. I mean, we try to do like, you know, like one thing that's a little different. You know, yeah. like whether it's a musical moment or like we were going to maybe have like a choir come do something, but it wasn't going to be anything new. It was, I think we were planning on doing the same amount of services, um, maybe adding one on Sunday. Um, they were kind of all like literally like two weeks. I went on vacation the week before the 15th. I was actually out in LA. You're in LA, right? Yeah. Um, Close. um so we were kind of in the middle of all that and then all this started happening and I think everyone realized it's going to be different this year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think as a church, you know, we are very intentional about making the main thing, the main thing, and that's just Jesus and his presence and, um, not being so event driven where we're putting so much effort into this one day out of the year where we kind of like everything else misses out on that because we're putting so much attention on that. And obviously right now we're still a small staff for the church of our size. And there's a lot that goes into putting big productions on like that. And so I can't say that it won't change in the future. I don't know, but I think what won't change is that, you know, the main thing is always going to be the main thing and um, all that kind of comes out under it. You know, yeah. So I love that because, you know, I do feel like um, churches all across America, they're, they're mm. like Ryan said, Easter is like the Super Bowl and, Christmas is, you know, I don't know what that is. The NBA playoffs. Just, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> but it's just it's what's it's, happening with the NBA now, guys. Yeah, I know. It's all. <laughs> but it puts so a lot sad. of stress, a stress on yeah. like worship leaders, and you know, yeah. and then it it kind of, you know, what you're saying is like it speaks to what 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 about the other Sundays? You know, what about the right. other days? Week? So I I really I really like that concept. Yeah, I mean the same. The same presence of God is that every time we get together as a church, you know, and the what that means is that the possibilities of what he can do, like the God of the impossible, the God of miracles, the God of healing, that means he's there. And so I have this thing that kind of was a joke for a while, but now it's like, like it literally is like it encourages me every time we have a service and we gather as a team before I just tell the team like this is going to be the best one yet, like the best mm -hmm. one of our lives yet. And it's this idea of like, man, God's presence is here. That means he's going to do something new. He's going to do something powerful. And if anything, he's just going to come and bring us like peace in this moment or strength in this moment. And that's better than what he did yesterday because this is a new day and he's, in, he's doing new things. And I think it just always kind of trying to cultivate that culture of like, all right, guys, like I know that we've led three already today and maybe today or we've already led five for some churches, you know. But this is a new moment, a fresh chance to like lift up the name of Jesus, a fresh chance for these people who have not been here all day like we have to encounter yeah. him. And that same presence is like when we're doing a little like new new people's night with a acoustic guitar on Monday night or a conference where there's 5,000 people in the room or whatever it is, like that same presence of God is there. And I, I truly believe that he wants to like, he wants to use us as worship leaders, as worship teams to engage our people into that and invite our people into that. And if we're so focused on, well, what's the next big thing that we're forgetting what God's doing right now, I think that's a real dangerous place to 
live in. It's really just an exhausting place because you're striving so much for this one thing where God's trying to fill you up every time, you know, God's trying to fill you up every time you enter into his presence. And if you're missing those moments where you're, because you're working so hard to get to the big moments, then um, maybe that's why we're getting stressed sometimes, you know? Yeah, sure. What are you doing as a worship pastor? How do you keep yourself, you personally, how do, how do you keep yourself sensitive to those moments without making it so routine? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a challenge every, every week, but um, I like, like last year, can't remember when last year but i kind of had this moment my wife had just uh, we just had our first baby it's always a new dad land she just turned one um and it was just a, a busy season you know we were getting ready for our conference in september um so it was like the month leading up to that and we, we had a new baby getting ready for conference and i just felt really overwhelmed and really just stressed and i'm not that kind of guy normally like normally i'm very even keep it like going and and I just had this night, I was laying in bed one night, and you know when you're laying in bed sometimes and your mind's just racing, yeah. you can't get to sleep, and I was, I never have those moments, like very rarely, so I just got out of bed and I went downstairs and I was like, God, like, I know that you do not create me as a son to feel this way, to be overwhelmed, like, so I just invite you again to come speak to me, come pour out your presence, and he just, he just like reminded me gently of like, you've been trying to do this on your own, like you've been trying to put your hands on being a dad, on being a worship pastor, on songwriter or whatever it was that I was juggling in that season and he was like it's time for you just to give it back to me like just give it back to me I can carry the burden for you I can help you and that's kind of been like how I've done this whole season of belonging because when I came on as worship pastor I was gosh how old was I I was 23 and leading this team of people who besides maybe one person were all older than me all had like not trying to be overly humble, all had way more experience than me, bigger platforms sure. than me, all the things, like all the checklists. And I just remember having this moment back then where I said, God, like, how am I going to do this? And he just said, I've given you the authority and the anointing to do it. You just got to wake up every day and receive that and walk in that. And you're not doing this alone. I'm with you. And, and he's been so faithful in that, like, as long as I'm walking with open hands and saying, God, here I am today. Like, who... Who do I need to reach out to? Who do I need to love on? How do I handle this situation that I've never dealt with before? Um, and so even that last year, when I had that moment, I realized that I slowly over time just started to put my hands back around all these things again, instead of walking with open hands like I started the season with. And as soon as I like let go of my spirit of those things, I just felt this peace wash over my mind and my heart. And all those like racing mind thoughts just went away and and if you just said, this is the way you're supposed to walk as a son, you know, like you're supposed to walk with me and you're supposed to do this with me, not on your own, not in your striving. Yeah. And, and so I think it's, a, that's a bit of a daily thing for me in that, especially when you are in like moments as a church or as a, as a pastor or whatever you're doing, whoever's listening to this, where you're, there's a lot going on you're feeling overwhelmed. It's like just reminding yourself of like, if God has put you here in the position you're in, He's not going to just set you there and then be like, all right, peace, good luck. I hope I hope you figure it out. Like he's actually going to give you the tools that you need. He's actually going to give you the authority that you need. But that takes, it takes you receiving it from him. It takes you like having open hands and listening to him and listening to his voice and actually just receiving his presence every day and walking in that. And so um, it's, it's on a practical level with church, like on Sunday mornings, you know, when I'm waking up at 6 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. to get to a 6 a.m. load in, you know, I'm just constantly asking God, like, what are you doing today? Or the week before, like, God, what are you speaking today? I mean, what are you going to speak this Sunday? And God's so kind to drop things in my heart and give me, like, fresh vision and fresh um, fire for what he's doing. But I have to ask him for it. I have to, like, be able to receive it and be in a posture for that. And um, just, like, always being always having open eyes and not getting so caught up in the routine of it where you're like closing your spiritual eyes to what god's doing um it's just a daily challenge though yeah but with him it's easy you know it's his burden sure. is light and um i think that you, you can be encouraged in that in the sense of he's not wanting you to be caught up in the striving even for his presence even for like ideas or vision from him it's like more of just god i want to enjoy you today enjoy your presence and He'll, he'll be faithful to pour out all the things you need. So, 
Yeah. How, how are you encouraging your team in that? I mean, that, that yeah. sounds fantastic, but like it, as the worship yeah. pastor, how, how are you pastoring, you know, I'll, I'll, now you got to take everybody else with you on that. <laughs> like, how are you doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, every service we have, like, as a worship team, we gather together just for like a quick, like two or three minute, like I'll bring some time scripture or bring just an idea or, and then we'll just pray. Um, and in those moments, I'm always encouraging our team, like, all right, guys, let's just center our hearts, center our attention on Jesus right now, center our uh, thoughts on what he wants to do in this moment. Um, so those like in the, on the church level is what we do is like just constantly trying to find moments with our team of like, let's remember why we're here. You know, a lot of times for me, even like, it's just reminding ourselves of the time I walked into the room for the first time at the belonging, you know, I was so thirsty. I was so hungry for God's presence. I was so desperate for it. And I didn't even know it. And reminding the team, like there's people here today that are here for the first time who are coming in and they need a fresh touch from God. They need a fresh touch from heaven. And we get to be the people that steward that today. We get to be the people that lead them into that. So let's not take that lightly. And I think like as a, as any of, for any of us, like, I think if we look back on those times where we've had just, you know, massive moments, encounters with God, it instantly brings your heart into, okay, like that gives me like a fresh energy for today and new energy to do this again. Um, and it's also just finding times throughout the week to catch up with team. And I'm always trying to like spend time with our team um, individually and encouraging them, seeing where they are in life. And um, once a month we have um, just a night of discipleship with all of our worship leaders. Um, and actually um, Natalie and Bernie Herms, Natalie Grant and her husband, Bernie, kind of help lead that. It's always at their house. And it's literally just like 15 of us, all the worship leaders on the team and then like their spouses come together. We have some food and sometimes we worship together, we pray together, we spend time together, encourage one another. If someone's going through something, we're praying over that person. Um, just always trying to be intentional about keeping that family dynamic in our team. And sometimes we've been good at that and sometimes we haven't been so good. It's always, you know, up and down. But I think as long as like we're trying to like continually be like, all right, God, like help us give a strategy. Because it's a challenge for us in the sense that a lot of our team are gone a lot, you know. Um, it's not like everyone's there every service. A lot, most of them, probably 80% of them are traveling, whether as musicians or as artists themselves. And so I think we've been trying to be intentional, especially in the past six months or so. Like, how do we like continue to find that time together, even though we're all gone so much? Um, so we've literally planned for the rest of the year. Like, these are the nights that we're doing each month. Put it in your calendar, make it a priority. If you're going to be in town or not on tour, don't make plans those nights. Um, I, yeah, you know, just trying to be intentional about pouring into people and loving on people. And because um, I think as long as we feel like family and feel like we're on the same page, that helps so much in the sense of not falling into routine. You know, it's like we're doing we're in this together. We're doing this together. We're seeing God move. Always reminding people of like what God's doing in our church because I'm on staff but they're not all on staff. They don't all know what God's doing. And so sometimes this is bringing a testimony of like, this person got healed the other night in worship. How amazing is that? Like that's happening every week. Let's be believing for that. Let's, let's be contending for that. Um, yeah. So just staying connected, you know. What was your background like before you got to the belonging? Like were you a music major in college or, or you know, how'd you come up? Yeah, I grew up in Nashville. Um, well, I was born in East Tennessee and moved to Nashville when I was in third grade. So Nashville's definitely home. Um, and like I said a minute ago, my dad um, has been in the ministry my whole life um, and as a Baptist pastor. So I've been around church a long time, been in church a long time, and always have had a love for the local church. And at a pretty young age, I like, knew that... Um, I felt like I was called to the local church to be, um, to serve the church. And so when I was, gosh, 15, I came on staff at my, the church I grew up at as a youth worship leader, <laughs> getting paid like 200, 150 bucks a month um, to do that. And then we, I kind of like, just kind of kept growing in ministry there throughout high school. I went to college at a place called Trevecca here in Nashville. Um, and I did like a worship degree there. 
um, the whole time I was kind of on staff at that church. And my junior year at Trevecca is when, was 2014, when they, when Henry and Alex left their basement and started the belonging meeting outside of their house. And that month I went to the first, my first time at the belonging and literally like, I've been, you know, I've been being paid to do ministry for a lot of years as a high school or college kid. And without knowing it, I'd fallen into this routine of just doing it every week and had kind of become dry in a sense to that and a little bit um, maybe even jaded towards the church. And it just become part of who I was, where I found my identity, where I found my financial, everything, like everything stemmed from that. And um, so I came, walked into the belonging one night and I just like, the only way I know to describe it is felt like someone dumped a bucket of water on my head. And I just felt like the sense of, oh my gosh, this is what I've been so hungry for. I didn't even know I was hungry for it, but I was just this beautiful presence of God and just a group of people who were so passionate again about it, about him and about um, our city in Nashville. And so me and my wife started going every single night. We weren't even married yet, but we were dating. Going every Tuesday night, I was still on staff at that church. Um, like six months later, uh, that season of that church actually ended and I felt like it was like just time to move on. And I felt God say you're supposed to be at the belonging. And it didn't make any sense to me at the time because I was like, I don't know anyone at this place. I'm just going every week. I needed a job because we we're about to get married. And I just felt it so strong. And I was like, I can't. And because of what God was doing in my life, I was like, I can't move forward anymore just doing this as a job. I got to like, this has to be like the overflow of what God's doing in my life. I'm so excited again about God's presence, but it's all about this. It's happening in this place. Anyway, so I went and got a job at a coffee shop 40 hours a week and started working at a coffee shop and just like jumping at the belonging. I met up with Henry and he was like, well, I'd love for you to be a part of the team. So I was serving, just playing acoustic and singing BGVs on the team. And um, at the time, Henry was leading um, the worship team like rostering out on planning center every week, um, leading worship pretty much every service, sometimes leading, then preaching. Um, Alex was preaching a lot at the time too. So he just had his hands full and there was a time like he was just like, I, would you want me to help? What did you want to help me with planning center? So I just like came over to his house for several months and helped him do that um, as a volunteer. And then in 2016 came on staff, but um, it's honestly like, my dream of being a part of this has been an honor, such an honor and a gift and really part been the dream that I've had since I was 15, you know, just to be a part of the local church, to be a part of a team of people who are, you know, making way and doing amazing things for the kingdom of God here in Nashville and around the world. And um, so it's been, a, it's been a crazy journey and a fun one, but excited to be a part of it. Well, that, that is not what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, sorry. What were you wanting? No, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that was like, okay. that. that's kind of the most organic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like you didn't like, I don't know. It's great. It's kind of started. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you said that because a lot of people think mm. that there's a formula to getting like their dream is elevation or Hillsong or, you know, the right. blonde, whatever in there. And you, you're basically saying you just came and started serving, you know? Yeah. That that's man, that's that's awesome. Um, and yeah, also, honestly, that's such a heart. That's like a heart of our church, you know, in the sense of like when people come to the belonging, they come. I mean, people have moved to Nashville for our church, which is a crazy thought in itself. Um, but a lot of times they come from backgrounds where they were like on staff at church or they were serving on um, as worship leaders or on the worship team. And we always encourage people, why don't you just come and like sit in church? Like, why don't you come and make sure this is your home? These are your people. This is your community. Maybe even get involved in another team serving. Just be, get around, get to build relationship. And all of that is built out of relationship for us in the sense of like, I know this person. I've, I've had coffee with them. I've met their family. I've served with them because they've been loading in and out on the team. So I know where they are in life. And I know that this is their home and this and God's doing amazing things in their life. And so that was the way it was for me. I mean, I literally had my life changed in that church before I even served. Like God had changed the trajectory of my life and my relationship with him. And um, so then when I did start serving, there was this like overflow of like, man, I love this place and I believe in this place. And I want to see people who are here tonight have that same encounter that I had when I walked in through the door. And so it just makes a difference rather than just like, 
I'm going to sign up for the team and get on it. And this is my first time in, in church, you know, my first week, <laughs> you know, so you have no yeah. like connection. You don't have any, like, you're not planted in the house. And I think we're, that's a big deal for us. And so, um, it's a big part of my journey for sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny you said that. Cause so whenever I'm in Nashville, I try to make one of your services yeah. and every time I end up crying and I'm like, why do I always <laughs> end up crying? But it's it's awesome to welcome just kind to the of, club, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. But it's awesome yeah. to just be, just kind of, just worship for once and yeah. not be like Love on the platform or you know, yeah. on stage. Um, so I was <laughs> I was gonna you kind of hit on this, but I was gonna ask like, do you guys use planning center? Are you like like sending requests to Danny Goki and <laughs> Natalie Grant? Bro. You know? <laughs> yeah, so like. Um, I think this for some reason always surprises people, but I'm like the only one on staff, the only person who, who leads worship at our church um, that gets paid, who's on staff, um, besides Charles Starling, who's like the creative pastor, he's leading worship as well. But so everyone else is fully volunteer and um, they do everything on their own. So they're putting in their, hopefully they're putting in their blockout dates. They don't always do it, but um, they're, they're asked to do that. They're asked to like, except on planning center decline all those good stuff and um our team is amazing about that um but it's kind of like taking that sense of like you're leaving like who you like who you are in the ministry that you have at the door um even the people that have massive platforms let's leave that at the door and let's just come in today and serve god's house and serve our house our church and honestly like they don't that's what they want that's what all of them want anyways they just have had their lives changed at the belonging the same way I did, and they want to be a part in bringing that to someone else. And so, um, our team is amazing and um, in doing that. But yeah, <laughs> huh. Danny's definitely putting his blockout dates in, or I think his wife might do it sometimes. But it's <laughs> great. Well, before all of this Corona stuff happened, yeah, what, can you walk us through what like a typical week for you would look like, as far as like meetings and rehearsals and yeah. everything? So Sunday obviously is church, so we have. A 9 a.m. We load in at 6 a.m. Um, have a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. with just one team for those two services, one band, one worship set of worship leaders. Then we switch out during lunch, and for the 4 p.m. it's a completely different band, completely different worship leaders, completely different worship set. Um, and then we're done after that four on Mondays. Is kind of just depending on the week. Sometimes I'm writing on Mondays or I'm meeting with team. Um, if we have something coming up, sometimes there are meetings on Mondays, um, just kind of a fluid day. Um, and then Tuesday is a church. So we usually get started a little later during the day, but kind of usually a meeting day, like staying downtown Nashville because our offices are in Franklin and we meet in Nashville. So Tuesdays, I'm usually staying in Nashville, meeting with people and up until rehearsal. Tuesday night is a new band, new set of worship leaders, new set list. Um, and then Wednesdays are our staff meetings. So we have like 9.30 prayer on Wednesday mornings as a staff, all of us, then an all staff meeting, and then we kind of break off into our areas. Um, uh, so that's a full day of meetings every Wednesday and Thursdays, similar to Monday, where it's just kind of depends on the week, what we're doing. Um, and then Fridays and Saturdays, we have the day off. So yeah, it's kind of a week, day, uh, week in the life of Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys... Like uh, for your worship sets, how structured are they? Are you are you building like um, Ableton sets? Or are you guys just running Click? Or how's that? Yeah, so we, as far as like choosing set lists, um, we for the most part, everyone kind of chooses what they're going to lead. So um, I'll reach out to whoever's leading, be like, hey, is there anything on your heart? Anything you want to be leading? I kind of like help manage that in the sense of like, hey, we've done that song every week the past month. Maybe don't do that one or. Um, we haven't done that one yet. Let me, maybe let's hold off until we workshop it, whatever. Um, but for the most part, people are choosing what they lead. And I think that's important for us in the sense of like people have ownership and are excited about what they're leading and are really connected to it. Um, and then as far as like technically, we, we don't use tracks for everything, but we do run Ableton. Um, and we have like a house um, tracks rig with our own Ableton computer that has all of our tracks in it already. Um, for the one for the songs we do use, and um, so we get in whenever the, before the service and set up which songs we kind of just um, assign 
which songs we're doing, assign them to a MIDI controller. Um, and then for the songs that we're not using tracks on, we just run click either through Ableton or we have, um, if you guys remember the DB90, we use DB90 um, for just clicks. And so what we've done is like, there's a the voicing number two is the one on the DB90. So we sampled that and put it into Ableton. So for all, even for all the tracks, so it's the same click across the board. Um, so that when we're switching from Ableton to that, it's the same sound. Um, it doesn't feel jarring or anything. And that also, the DB9 is actually amazing for flow moments where we're just spontaneously doing something out of a other song because um, you can kind of adjust really easily tempo and um, stop and start it really easily. So, yeah. You got anything else, Brian? Nope. <laughs> we are mute. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope. No, no, no I, I, love I had it. the thing mute. Yeah, I had the thing muted there, so I wouldn't hear my chair makes a little squeaky sound. So that was, uh, yeah, fine. I keep well, it muted if I'm not talking, so I don't like do something. <laughs> I got I one it. more dumb question and then a final question. My dumb question <laughs> yeah. is what what coffee shop were you working at? It's called the Perch. Okay, it's not like a cool coffee shop at all in Nashville. It's uh, <laughs> it was like a crepe. It was like a crepe place, and so, um, I was like. It was like one of those jobs where you did a lot of things. So I was the cashier taking people to orders. I was the barista doing like the coffee machine. I was the food runner running the crepes out and breakfast out of people. And I was the dishwasher. So I was like, this is a little shop where I was doing it all. So it was a lot of days of like, God, there's got to be more to this. Right. <laughs> but it was honestly like such a beautiful season for me of learning and just like, Honestly, just getting close to God because I had to every morning just to wake up and want to go wash dishes because I hated doing that. <laughs> um, That's funny. But yeah, not so, a cool coffee shop at all. So now that everything has completely changed and our worlds are turned upside down, yeah. um, how are you How are you handling, handling it? How are you adjusting? Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting in my little like writing room office now. I'm working every, every day out of here. Um, and just like, for me, it's first and foremost, personally, just like trying to find time and really just like spending time with God in this season. And I think it's like, it's pretty obvious that this can be a, a great time to do that. But I really believe God is speaking something to all of us as the church worldwide. And um, I really believe this is a season where we can flourish as a church and flourish as a worship culture and worship movement. And I don't want to ever miss out on that because I was too caught up in reading news articles or um, yeah. watching videos or watching Netflix. You know, I want to, I want to like do my best to tune into that and see what God's saying and really just like spend time with them because I love spending time with them. Um, as, as far as like my role at church, I'm trying to be intentional of just reaching out to my people, um, our team and um, trying to brainstorm ways of where we can stay connected. Cause now literally we can't even hang out. Like the other night I had a couple people over to, have dinner with us and now it's like we can't even do that so um not looking at that as a bad thing but actually just an opportunity to uh love on people and connect and especially for um our city and our team in the sense that a lot of people have lost work a lot of people um have so much uncertainty the next few months because it's even when this is over like tours have been postponed for months and months and so people aren't going to have work for a long time and just trying to my best to shepherd that and um, even as like a creative team you know all of us are like brainstorming ways we can help people and just be the church in this season yeah. um yeah and then I'm, i've got some stain because i need to stain my fence um, <laughs> but i'm just waiting for a not i'm waiting for a non-rainy day because it's been raining every single day here in nashville <laughs> this quarantine yeah. i literally like the first day of the quarantine i was like babe I've been doing this for a while. I'm going to go buy this stain. And I'm not like a handy guy. So this is a big deal. Like I go to Home Depot. I bought the paintbrush. I did my research of the stains. And I've been like eager to get out and do it. But now like it's been raining. So I can't do anything. So uh. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be my quarantine hobby, though. My quarantine mission is to get my fence stained. So there you go. We'll see what happens. Man. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for this chat, dude. This is... Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's good to meet you guys virtually. Yeah, yeah. I was, I've been person. actually kind of curious about you because I was wondering. I've always wondered, like, are you and Jordan brothers? And then how did that, <laughs> yeah. 
like what came first, like you or him, or how did you yeah. get involved? You know, to right. hearing your story about like how yeah. you started the belonging, it was just really, I mean, that was awesome. I mean, yeah, thanks, man. That's a great It's been decision. like, I just think like that season for me of when I was working at that coffee shop was like, it was a real recentering season for me of like, God, I don't want to do worship as a career. I don't want to like do this as some sort of way for me to build my life for the next 60 years or whatever. I want to do this because I love you and I love your presence and I love seeing like my friends encounter you. And that's why I started doing it. While I was literally 15 and 14 in people's living rooms leading worship. It wasn't for a paycheck. It wasn't for any sort of platform or so that someone could know my name. It was actually just because I loved worshiping God and it was like the overflow of my heart, you know, probably like all of us um, when we started leading worship. And that season when I started serving and I was literally just singing BGVs and playing acoustic every Tuesday almost, or sometimes electric when Henry would call me in a panic because he didn't have an electric player because I'm not an electric (laughs) player. But it was, it felt like I was like 13 or 14 again, you know, it felt like, oh, like there's this new sense of energy and passion and like excitement of like, I get to be a part of this. I get to like be a part of what God's doing in my city and get and get to see my friends encounter him and encounter him myself. And so, um, and I haven't really felt any different since then. Like now that all, everything's changed. I'm on staff now. We have a bigger team, a bigger church. Not, I still have that same feeling every time I get up to lead. And, um, and I just am honored to be a part of it and excited to be a part of it. And, and now I'm passionate to help other people find that because I know what it's like, you know, to be caught up in a season where you feel you're just in this routine, this cycle of like a get up on Sunday, I go lead worship and I feel so dry and empty. God has never meant any of us to feel that way, you know? Um, and I think there's so many, like so much opportunity for us as worship leaders and so much potential for our churches um, to encounter the presence of God that we, we have to be so mindful to keep that um, fresh in our own hearts, in our own minds, you know? And so I'm just excited about it. And that's why I love doing things like this, because I know that you guys are helping resource so many worship leaders and worship pastors. And um, it's, they're my favorite people in the world because they're one of me. So mm-hmm. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it, man. That's great. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely.